Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. The rivalry game is nearly upon us. And we will be giving away tickets to see BYU in Utah this morning at 8.30. So stay tuned for that. Right now, Craig Bowlerjack joined us late in yesterday's show. He's a Big 12 guy. He went to Kansas State. And now BYU's getting ready to join the Big 12. Here's Craig Bowlerjack with PK and I on 97.5 at 12.80 The Zone. Bowler, good morning. DJ, PK, what up? Well, we always talk on this show about how the older you get, the more you don't root for teams, you root for people. And you know people and their stories and their backgrounds. When everything happens, you kind of look through it through that lens. And so as I'm hearing all this Big 12 talk, right, and it seems logical what needs to happen, and you hear behind the scenes it's happening, and then you hear publicly it's happening, it's like, oh, hurry up and get there. And I was thinking of you in this whole Big 12 story. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, Bowler never thought he could drive down to Provo and see Kansas State no, play a no. conference game. But it looks like it's about to happen. Yes, yes it is. Uh, Guys I talked to back in Kansas City, uh, they just think it's a matter of hours or so before, you know, before it's all, you know, said and done. But, no, I never thought I could go to Provo, Utah, to see Kansas State one day at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I mean, that is – is that full circle or is that half a circle? I'm not sure what to say about that. But amazing. I mean, it, it really is. Um, I thought all of it was for BYU. You know, we've talked to, we've talked about this conference thing, you know, for years. Pac-12. What do you think? Uh, moving uh, east, you know, going west, staying independent. Uh, what would be the best scenario? But. Boy, in the world of college football, it's ever-changing, and nothing surprises me anymore. And to see Oklahoma and Texas uh, leave, uh, you know, the Big 12 to go to the massive SEC conference now, which will be, you know, the mega of mega uh, conferences in college football, uh, you know, there's there's spots that open. And I think BYU's one of the gems in college football, um, and why not? So I'm excited to see it happen. We've seen, obviously, in the West, BYU have a footprint in the Western part of the country, very, very strong. Right. Part of it is because of the church. Obviously, a significant part of it is because of the church affiliation. But I think, too, you go back and there's been guys like that 96 team that was really good, had some DBs out of California, and I think it's because they knew of BYU. Sarkeesian, you know, you knew of BYU if you're in the West. I grew up uh, after I got into high school in Arizona and California, and I was aware of who the BYU quarterback was virtually at all times so you were you had a in the west you had a significant awareness of BYU football now as it looks that they're going to head east this is your part of the country not DJ and mine we don't have a lot of experience in this part of the country do you think BYU football could have the same type of impact in the in these newer areas that they're going to venture into that they had to where they can pick off some players just because of the BYU rep now that yeah. they had in the West that they could also have in your part of the country where you came yeah. from? You know, absolutely. Uh, I don't see why not. I mean, you know, remember Nauvoo, Illinois, right, is where it all yeah. began, and that's where the Trek West occurred. So that's not, you know, far from the Kansas City area. And uh, there is uh, Mormon community uh, in Kansas City. 
Uh, I grew up across the street from an LDS family was kind of unknown at that time for me, you know, what that was, what truly that was about. But yeah, to your point about recruiting, I think it opens up a a different recruiting path that I don't think anyone ever thought of, uh, to be honest with you, PK. Um, I think the BYU name, because of the names of, 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 of Steve Young, uh, Lavelle Edwards, uh, you know, even the Robbie Boscos didn't play long in the National Football League, but still, you know, the, the 84 championship has been a long, long time ago, but still that resonates, in my opinion, you know, around the college football world because the way they play or the way they played, you know, the, the quarterback factory. But now that's kind of coming back around with Zach Wilson in the National Football League, the number two pick. Look, those things always rekindle thoughts and what BYU was and who they may be again. Um, I think I, I I think it's a win-win for the conference and also for BYU. Fresh start, uh, a new way of recruiting, uh, new players they've maybe never been able to reach. And if it does if it does happen, PK, um, I think it revitalizes both both the conference and the BYU program. It's funny you mentioned Zach in the NFL. Remember when you guys at KSL had to lobby? Ty Detmer had been in the league a long time, but he was yeah. starting for the Sixers, and you had to lobby or Sixers for the Eagles, and you guys had to lobby to get him on, and the game did like a 17 rating, which is yeah. like a big playoff game, almost a, not quite a conference title rating. <laughs> And everyone's blown away, and all of a sudden we're getting Eagle games every week. Well, Zach Wilson is on TV week one on CBS in Utah, but he's not week two, and I've thought of that. I wondered, I wonder if BYU fans are going to tune in. (laughs) He's going to get a 17 rating, and all of a sudden we're going to get a notice. Oh, last-minute switch for week two. (laughs) Yeah, it's strange. You see the New York market all of a sudden. What's this thing in Utah? What's the trickle-down effect in a Salt Lake City? But, yeah, you know, the power of the fans who want to see a player, it can happen. I don't know if uh, – shall we call Jim Nance and get him on live and say, man, turn us – you know what's funny is everyone said, just turn the switch, you know, in New York. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, it doesn't quite happen that way. <laughs> but, you know, people would be upset. Like, just call him. Just call him and turn the switch over to to, to watch Ty Detmer play. But uh, those were good old days. And Zach's going to probably, again, success, depending on how he does in New York. It's a huge stage. Uh, will only bring you know more notoriety to, to, to BYU. Honestly, uh, you know that's what Ty did. That's what Steve Young did. Uh, you know, it's it's gosh, it was one after another. And Ty Debmer, you know, went in the Heisman. I'll never forget that day in Hawaii when he heard it first because of the of the delay, um, and really again put BYU on the map with Ty Debmer. I think Mark Pope's going to have a field day because I think this has the tremendous uh, opportunity to be a really good basketball league because it already is. I mean, you got defending uh, titleists uh, in Baylor, uh, and Kansas speaks for itself. K-State yeah, has yeah. had its moments. Uh, Texas Tech was in a Final Four. Oklahoma State usually is solid. Yeah, they're always solid. Uh, Don't so- forget, Kansas State has always kind of been floating around, PK. Oh, yeah, Nothing yeah. Nothing dominant, but, you know, again, it goes back to remember – Again, this dates me, but Rolando Blackman was on the front page of Sports Illustrated years ago, had a great career in Dallas, and uh, it was always kind of, again, that it was the throwaways from the University of Kansas who would come to K-State, but it was always so competitive. Um, 
and Alan Darnell Field. Valentine. Yeah, Darnell Valentine. You know, <laughs> Paul Mulkeski. I mean, all these names that go way back. But uh, I'd say the Allen Fieldhouse, if you haven't been there, is still iconic. It's just a, it's a great place uh, to watch basketball, as was Ahern Fieldhouse in Manhattan before uh, they decided to go big time and build Bramlage Coliseum. But, yeah, there's some great basketball in the Big 12. And, of course, Kansas is the, uh, the foundation point of it all. But, yeah, if you see BYU jump in and they decide to bring – basketball with them which i'm guessing they should and would uh then you've really got you know some i think the fans just the fans really are the ones pk that will uh benefit they'll eat it up yeah because what happens again is what we've always talked about can you can you lose a game and still have a shot at a conference championship absolutely yep and that's i think that's what's really the the best scenario and if espn obviously is going to come along uh, K-State's not going to mind being on ESPN and Laurel Edwards Stadium, by the way, on a, on a Thursday or Saturday night at 8.15 uh, Mountain Time. It may be a little, you know, it's Midwest is only an hour ahead. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of good scenarios here if it all works out. Okay, but so, Bowler, uh, pull back the curtain a little bit. Because you've worked for uh, multiple networks, you did, uh, after KSL, you did, the ES- you did a bunch of ESPN games, actually, while you were at KSL. You did stuff. You jumped to CBS. You've done stuff for Fox. I think there's way more rivalry between the networks than people let on. And CBS and Fox are about to get cut into the postseason as it expands. The Pac-12 commissioner made it clear they're going to use an NFL-type model. I'm thinking CBS, which has been doing one SEC game, is going to be doing more. And whether it's Big 12, Pac-12, or Big 10, they can't get the ACC and SEC. Those are locked up. So I'm thinking CBS and Fox are going to embrace these other three leagues big time. What do you know? You giggled when I said rivalry between the networks. I heard you giggling. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was always huge. Uh, I remember well when we would start getting our schedules at CBS, and it was like, uh, you know, they would allow, they would tell us, look, uh, you know, tomorrow at noon uh, is going to be almost like a lottery where, you know, the network who has the contract with the, well, the main contract with the SEC would get their first pick. And then it, the trickle down effect would happen after that. ESPN would jump in and take one game and then, you know, uh, then, then CBS would come back and they would take, uh, you know, the Auburn-Alabama game that year, uh, depending. And then, uh, oh, it was crazy just to see how how, how the, the networks were able to almost do this pick picking process and then how they would fill their schedules uh, on a yearly basis. And now ESPN basically owns the world. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. I think CBS is basically running out of time. And the SEC, yes, they may they may have uh, they may stick in there for uh, what is it another year? I think it is. They've got two more years, but the two commissioner the commissioner I think made it pretty clear that everybody wants live football. So oh, CBS yeah. is going to find some somewhere. They will. Well, the Big Ten, I think they're going to try to put a foothold or toehold in there uh, with CBS. Uh, you know, college uh, sports. They're, they've got another off station or a cable station that that they'll do and that they will do a Navy game. Sometimes I jumped on there with Randy Cross and did a Navy game uh, as well. But uh, yeah, I think uh, all of a sudden the big 12 feels like they've lost ground uh, with the loss of Oklahoma and Texas. But I think BYU still, I think ESPN has proven this guys, right? That BYU has an audience far reaching. And so that's why, you know, you got to, applaud BYU and the athletic department to make this happen 
and this only probably makes that property even a, a bit more valuable. So we're less than a month away, as crazy as it sounds, from at least preseason NBA hoop. The juice is starting to flow. I'm ready to go. <laughs> um, I can't believe it. I mean, it's um, it was four weeks from last, what, a couple days ago. You know, you go, in, to go to San Antonio on the 4th, and then you play Dallas on the 6th. You come back, you get to see uh, Zion and uh, New Orleans, and then you finish up the, pre- excuse me, the preseason with the world champion Bucks. That's not bad. That's a pretty good preseason schedule. So um, then on the 20th, we play for real. It's amazing how quick. I was just telling uh, you know, Jake that this is uh, the time of year where you get you know, baseball playoffs starting to really heat up and, and the World Series just around the corner. And you got college football underway and you got the NBA rolling. I mean, this is, this is a good time of year. Uh, I can't believe how fast things go. From the NBA Finals to the Olympics and out to another season, I feel like we've compacted three years of basketball into about a year and a half, which really kind of we have. You know, it's truncated season last year. This year they're going for 82, and we'll see if we can't get back on track. But, yeah, let's go. I'm ready. So the Jazz are going to have a fairly old roster, but then you see what the Lakers and Nets are doing. Like, well, maybe the Jazz aren't old enough. But when the future future is now, what else are you supposed to do? Yeah, every day something's going on with the Nets and the Lakers with another, like, what, LaMarcus Aldridge comes out of retirement? Um, you know, it's it, DeAndre Jordan. All these guys are loading up with uh, v- veteran minimum contracts for all of them to try to have one last chance to grab a ring uh, in the twilight of the career. So we'll see who stays healthy. But, no, this is the time for the Jazz. I think it's real obvious that, you know, the, the, they're over the luxury tax. Uh, Ryan Smith said from the get-go – you know, his eyes were on a championship. You know what Donovan and Rudy, uh, what their goals are. But also, you have to continue to build to prove to Donovan, especially, you know, at 25 now. I just had a birthday a few days ago that this is this is real. This is the real deal. You don't have to make a jump anywhere else. Uh, you're, they want We want you staying here. We want you to be a Malone Stockton type of 19-year, 17-year vet and make it happen. And if you, as long as you prove that to players, because the fear now, as you guys know, is players demanding trades. Harden, you know, made his point and got got a deal done. Damian Lillard, to his credit, you know, talked about it, kind of pulled back on that, and still, I think, wants to stay in Portland. But also, he's asking, will you prove to me that you're willing to to go the distance and make it happen? And there's still talk that Ben Simmons is going to end up in Portland. I mean, at least that's what the so-called experts are betting on. So, but you know, who do you lose to get a Ben Simmons? And is is he coming west? Is he will he perform in a, in a restart? I don't know. But the clock is ticking. Something has to happen on that on that uh, deal uh, fairly quickly before uh, the you know camp's going to open before you know it and open court is underway. Players are starting to trickle back in to start working out and you know, here in Salt Lake City. So yeah, a lot of things are gonna have to happen in the league in the next week or two uh, as things start to really uh you know focus in on preseason. Bowler, we appreciate the time as always. We'll talk to you again. Good luck to uh K State in the new Big Twelve. Yeah man, it'd be kind of fun to go to Provo Road Trip. PK, you drive the bus, okay? Easy, man. I will take you all the way. All right. <laughs> to and from and, and, and back again. Absolutely. Oh, by the way, can I just ask you? I know we didn't talk BYU-Utah. Who, who's picking who? 
Uh, we're picking Utah until BYU wins. I'm going we'll with wrong. the winner. <laughs> nice. Going with the winner. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Bowler. We better we'll run. Guys. Talk Take to care. you. There's Craig Bowler Jack. When we come back, we don't normally do this uh, because they're on the air so early in the morning. Samson Nakua joins us every Monday morning at 7 a.m. Nick Ford joins us every Monday morning at 7.30, and we talk Utes and Cougars with those guys. Name, image, and likeness allows us to do that now. Uh, But because Monday was a holiday, we think a lot of you didn't hear them. So Samson Nakua is coming up next, and Nick Ford after that. Stay with us. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. The Holy War is here. Kalani Sataki and the Cougars look to snap Utah's winning streak at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday. Your home for the best Holy War coverage is right here on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, it's time to welcome in Samson Nakua, BYU wide receiver. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in a drought. Smart Rain will help you and your commercial property save money, save water. Give the folks a call at Smart Rain. Samson, good morning. Good morning. What's up? Happy Monday. <laughs> it sounds like you are just barely. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit, just a little bit. Long weekend after a win like that, celebrating hard. There you go. So I'm, I'm curious. Before we get into some of the, uh, some of the details of the game, and we got, we got plenty to get to you. Uh, it's a different team. It's a different coach. It's different guys. Maybe a different way of doing things. How different was the game day experience? Um, I, I try to make it as similar as possible to my normal day routine of life. Uh, I, I try not to do anything too crazy. Um, um, and I think they ran it uh, pretty smoothly and pretty similar to Coach Whittingham and up at the U of everyone just, uh, you know, just trying to focus in and lock into the game and uh, set aside any distractions. Um, tell your family you love them early and throughout the day and, you know, just um, try to relax and, you know, keep calm the nerves and uh, just be prepared mentally and uh, and uh, just, uh, you know, just stay ready for the whole game day. And uh, I think they did a really good job on uh, preparing us for uh, game day. So, Kalani Sataki said afterward that the Nakua brothers should be ready to go this week. You didn't play. Well, you got in and, and recovered the onside kick. So, I mean, it's clear, it's clear, Samson, without your ability to cover that onside kick, it could have made all the difference in the world. But you, So, I'm, I'm basically saying you won the game for BYU by covering that, era, that onside kick. But your coach said you thought that he thought the two of you guys would be back this week against Utah. Is that your line of thinking? Um, yes, um, for sure. Me and Puka are feeling good. Um, we're, we're just here to help the team in any way possible. And uh, um, we were sad that we weren't able to be, make it out on the field this past weekend. But, you know, we're working hard. We've been doing a lot of rehab and streaming. And uh, we're feeling good this weekend. And uh, today's our first day of practice. And uh, so, you know, we're just going to get rolling today and see how we're feeling and uh, what's the moving game plan for this week. So I'm curious the impact the injury had on the game uh, early on, and we know how the fans felt about it, and it seems like there is some good news, but it seemed like that changed everything you would think about a season opener, watching a teammate on the field for 17 minutes. 
sorry, I'm gonna need you to repeat that. <laughs> I, I, I just watching that game, the uh, you know the normal pomp and circumstance and energy of a season opener, and then you have a teammate go down with what looks like a really serious injury. Apparently, it's not nearly that bad, but a 17 minute stop in the game that was. Uh, uh, that was hard to watch. They actually on TV cut away to the studio show. I'm just wondering about your interaction with your teammates during that. Um, it was scary, honestly, um, to see a uh, to see Keenan go down like that. Um, I was right there on the sideline, uh, honestly, right there watching him play right next to Keenan, um, and um, to see him uh, go down. It was honestly one of the scariest moments um, for everybody on the team. Um, Kwame was able to pull it together and uh, had one of our teammates say a prayer. Um, and um, I think it just made everyone realize, like, this game, uh, you can't take for granted. Um, this game is uh, unforgiving, and um, it could uh, it could uh, end at any time, and we just don't know. And uh, we just got to gotta play like it's the last time we could ever play. And um, we're just thankful to see that Keenan's doing a lot better and uh, – um, we were able to rally together and uh, get our minds right, you know, and and uh, pull out the win for Keenan. And uh, it, it was scary, but Kalani kept us updated, and uh, we're just happy to have him and um, him have no, no serious injuries. How much improvement do you expect from the offense from game one to game two? Um, I expected to just be more uh, more clean, more more flowing. Um, more uh, better execution this next week. Um, last week we did we did uh, pretty good, but um, I know we can do better, and um, I know we um, there, we have a lot to fix up. But we'll be good. Uh, today's the first day of you know just getting things right and getting things flowing, and uh, we're ready. What what's the number one thing you'd like to see uh, fixed and changed and improved? Um. I think there's just little assignments cleaning up in uh, the details and. Um, the little details. Um, it, our coaches always talk about it's the little details that will win us a game that that separates us from being good and great. And um, it's just a little a little picking up assignment, uh, a little picking up block assignments, um, details in our route running, details in um, our alignment of running, uh, of where we are aligned in the play. Um, I think it's just a little thing. Honestly, we did get in the big plays. Um, players uh, that we need to make plays make plays and it, it's going to be fun this week honestly it's just a little detail that's going to separate uh, who's going to win this game so you were with the Utes obviously for a number of years and this is a rivalry game some people with Utah not, I don't know about the players or the coaches but fans they want to downplay the rivalry from your perspective when you're with the Utes how big was the BYU game oh my goodness it was it wasn't the main focus of Utah, but when the game came around, um, we were locked into them. Definitely no distractions. We had the whole football facility over there lit up. Uh, every every TV screen over there is uh, playing old old football games of Utah beating the crap out of BYU and stuff. So it's pretty intense over there, honestly. Uh, we don't mention the name over there. It's a team down south. Um it gets intense over there, honestly. So Kyle will play it off and try to talk about BYU with never, ever using the letters BYU or the word Cougars. When he speaks to the team the week of that game, 
how fired up is he and what kind of stuff does he say? Um, he's pretty fired up. Um, there's not much to say. I think he takes almost every game pretty seriously. Um, but this one, he, he takes a little bit more heart because of the interstate rivalry. Um, he just, he left talking, uh, let, um, Utah know that they're the bigger brother, um, that they're the bigger brother of the state and that they, they're going to keep it that way. And, um, he just loves to be the top dog in the state. And he just reminds everyone over there that, that they are and uh, just keeps it in their head and, uh, just engraves it in, into everybody's heart set. They're the best in state. <laughs> You're going to tell your guys about this to make sure they're fired up to meet the challenge because obviously you've changed colors now, so to speak. Uh, hopefully I don't have to get anyone fired up. Hopefully they know that this game is, is like any other game. It's, just, it's as important as any other game. Um, we come here to – for an undefeated season, and uh, we, we can't do that without winning this game and taking this game seriously. So I know these guys are pumped up just as much as me, maybe not as much as me, maybe, but I need them to be because, you know, this game means a lot to everybody around this uh, state, honestly. So it's time to make things happen. So it's unusual to change sides in the rivalry, but you also have an unusual personal you know, reason that was part of why you did it, and guys understand that. So are your former teammates leaving your phone alone, or are they blowing it up and uh, coming after you? Um, it's been a little bit of both. Uh, me, we talked a little smack uh, back and forth, um, but most of the time we're always just checking up on each other, me and my old teammates. Um, those guys are my brothers for four to five years, and uh, – I wouldn't change the thing of being over there. And um, so, yeah, we talk a little bit, chatting back and forth. But, you know, we're always just checking out, making sure everyone's good, making sure everyone's living life and uh, is happy. And um, it's been good. It, it, it's been fun, honestly. We talk a little smack, but nothing too crazy. I think that you being an in-state guy, you grew up, obviously, with the BYU-Utah game being forefront on the mind of uh, what people want to do in terms of having fun and the trash talk and all that stuff. How long does it take an out-of-state guy to understand the level of the importance of the game? I don't think they... I think as soon as they step into the state of Utah, they, they feel the rivalry, they hear about the rivalry, like the Holy War is... Actually, the Holy War is one of the biggest rivalries in the in the country, in the in the states right now. So I'm pretty sure even them not even being part of the church or not even being from Utah, they've heard about it. And um, especially when they get here, they know, they can feel it. They can, everyone's in their ear about it. And they just have to join in. It's either you uh, you join in or you're, part of the, you're in the way. And uh, it's been fun. <laughs> when they come out for warm-ups, is it different then? Can you look at guys when you're warming up well before the game and say, it already feels different, doesn't it? You you better be ready. You know what you're in for here. Yeah. The warm-ups, the warm-ups you can definitely feel, especially this past weekend. You could feel who was ready and who wasn't. Um, and it was a good thing. Kalani gave a great talk before the game, and I think it calmed everyone's nerve down. And uh, the guy went a little more focused in and um, – I think this week, I don't, I don't know if anyone has to say anything. If they do, I don't want them on the field with us. Um, I, I need them to have their own self-motivation, and um, I need them to be ready mentally uh, and 
to come out and ball. Like this game is, you guys already know, this game is one of the biggest games of the year, and um, I just need everyone to be on their A game. <laughs> From the player perspective, going back to last year, how much more fun was it this year to have fans in the stadium because you didn't have any last year? Oh my goodness! To be able to walk out into Legion Stadium and have a wave of blue and barely any red was just unbelievable. It felt like a home game out in, uh, over here down in Provo. And uh, it was crazy, honestly, um, to remember last year with no fans, no, nothing. It was completely dead in the stadiums. And uh, just to come out there and feel that energy was just, it reminds me why we love to play the game, why, why we're entertainers, why we do this. And um, it, it was just so fun to be out there, and I can't wait to be out there Saturday. So as a player, you get to be behind the scenes. Is that new stadium in Las Vegas, is that thing just a palace? Sorry, what would you say? You've been behind the scenes at that new stadium now. Is it as nice as everyone says? Is it a palace? Oh, my goodness. It is unbelievable over there. I, I'm trying to make my house something like that. The Allegiant Stadium, <laughs> they did an amazing job, honestly. Do you think Arizona was maybe a little bit better than advertised? For sure they were. They were a lot better than uh, advertised, I think, honestly. Um, they came out and played really hard. Their defense was a lot better than we were, uh, we were expecting, honestly. Um, um, but the coaches were able to stick with the game plan, adjust a little bit that half, and uh, we came out with the W just exactly as we planned. So do you think with the transfer portal, teams that are down have long losing streaks like Arizona, don't compete at the end of the previous season like Arizona, can really turn things around quickly now? Um, I think they do. I think they can definitely turn things around. Um, You know, we always have bumps in our roads, and it's just a matter how you can face adversity if you're willing to come back through it or or you're really just going to let it take over and you're going to fall behind. Um, Arizona is a great team. Uh, I don't think they should let this little loss um, set them back too much, but we never know. Well, Samson, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us this morning, and we're all looking forward to Saturday night. Good luck. Yes, sir. Thank you. Go Cougs, baby. There is Samson Nakua, our conversation with him from Monday morning, Labor Day, when a lot of you were still asleep. And it's always interesting to hear how Kyle handles things behind the scenes, and Samson can talk freely now. Although so can Nick, because as Lincoln Kennedy told us yesterday, he's probably on his way to the NFL. Nick Ford coming up next to talk Utes and to talk rivalry game right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. For the first time in two years, it's rivalry week. Kyle Whittingham and the Utes look to make it 10 in a row against the Cougars as the Utes head to Provo for another showdown with BYU. Your home for the best Holy War coverage is right here on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Ute football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It is time to talk Ute football with Nick Ford. He joins us every week here 
on DJ and PK, and he joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Nick, good morning. Good morning, boss man. Nick, you know, uh, social media can be good. You can learn stuff, but I'm always wary about trying to uh, look at it and assess somebody's mood. It's really hard to do. It doesn't convey, you know, you see something typed there, but it doesn't necessarily convey tone and all that. But I saw a tweet from you after the game, uh, you basically paraphrasing, but, you know, we're going to get better. Good night, Utes. And I saw your body language after a few plays, and I thought, Nick's frustrated. Nick didn't measure up to his own standards. Nick's Going to sleep a little pissed off, quite frankly. But I wonder if, first off, was I right? And second off, you get a perspective of a few days. You have a chance to watch that film, watch other teams play their openers. Are you sitting here uh, now feeling different than you did when you went to bed the night after the game? Uh, you know, I'm, really, I'm you, could, you could ask anyone that knows me. I'm really tough on myself, so... Even if I uh, perform well in other people's eyes, I still think, you know, I got a lot to work on. So um, there's, you know, certain things that I was upset about myself personally that I knew I could improve on and I knew I could play better. And that's how it is going to be for me, you know, no matter what it is. And um, so I don't think I was necessarily pissed off in in a negative way. I'm more, when it comes to football, I'm more pissed off for greatness and perfection. So if it's not greatness and perfection, it's going to, you know, irritate me, and then overall as a team, you know, we did, uh, you know, f- uh, minor minor mistakes and stuff. But I mean, like that's the first uh, game of the season. That's how it always is, and uh, how Coach Wade runs the program. And everything, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of improvement to be made within this week. Um, any weaknesses that he thinks we have, or any mistakes that we did have, will be fixed this week. And when you think about Utah uh, football. You know, from the offensive perspective, in the first game, you had a new quarterback, you had some reshuffling on the offensive line, you had some new receivers, and then pretty much just about everybody was uh, new at running back. So when you put that in perspective, uh, how do you evaluate the performance just from the first game? And you've already spoken that you see a significant amount of improvement coming down the line as soon as this very week. Um, you know, I'm really proud of how everyone – performed this uh, past Thursday and I know that um, you know offensive line uh, we're joined together a lot of guys are really smart a lot of guys are starting to figure things out I have the utmost confidence in our quarterbacks our running backs and everyone you can see they clearly performed uh, last Thursday and you know it's all about uh, not being content with uh, where your position group is at and I don't think anyone right now is content with where we're at and we know what we're entirely capable of so um you know everyone like i said everyone's proud of how we perform but at the same time um you know we have no time to get content and we want to continue to improve off of that how much faster is the first game than the scrimmages that you guys have and how much do they let an accomplished player like yourself play in a scrimmage um you know it's it's um a lot different it's actually kind of slower the game games are actually kind of slow when you're actually playing it's really weird at least for me everything tends to slow down um and you know like you said in the scrimmage i played a good amount i you know i wanted to go play with my teammates in the scrimmages so i played a couple drives instead of sitting out the entire time and um 
going and playing a football game. I mean, I've been doing it for years, so I'm kind of used to the tempo. And like I said, for me, it kind of slows down mentally for me. And it's really weird. It's just like a different speed of time. How about that running back, Thomas, for you guys? Man, he's almost big enough to play alongside of you guys up front. I thought he looked really good. <laughs> oh, I know. We be joking with that, but we telling him he's a couple meals away from knee braces or ain't no linebacker should be running the ball. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, obviously, there's uh, the transfer portal. There's a lot of players joining teams now, and fans don't know much about them, haven't seen them play, haven't seen how they express themselves after big plays, haven't seen them interviewed, don't know much about them. So wh- what is what is Tavian like? Is he a loud guy, a quiet guy, serious guy, the guy who cracks up the locker room? What's he like? Uh, i say he's a good mix of everything. Um, you know, we, we've been blessed with the transfer portal, and everyone who came from the portal has been, you know, really open and you know, bought into the team, and Davion is one of those people, and you know, he's just he's just a cool dude. He's not going to be too loud or too quiet. I mean, he's he's he just fits in perfectly. He'll joke about certain things, not knowing not to joke, and he works at practice, and you know, he's just an overall good kid, good guy, and I mean, you know, he's he's a funny dude when you start talking to him and getting to know him. So I mean. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't boast around anywhere, but at the same time, you know he's there. we got the rivalry game coming up this week, Nick. You know, you've got the in-state kids, the out-of-state kids, the intensity of the rivalry. Is, is this what it'd be like if Pedro ever played Mary Star? Oh, no, not Pedro on Mary Star. It's Pedro on Narbonne. Mary Star couldn't keep it. Narbonne. <laughs> well, I went in the city. You wanted to go out of the boundaries a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or Nas, it's either Narbonne or uh, Banning out in Wilmington, Battle for the Port. Okay, there you go. Battle for the Port, that sounds good. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a Pirates coming to town or something, a Battle for oh, the yeah. Port. Oh, yeah, Pirates versus oh, Pedro, uh, Pedro was the Pirates. The pirates. Yeah. The Pirates versus Banning is the pi- uh, the Pilots, right? And Carson's the Colts. Nar- Narbonne's yeah. the Gauchos. Narbonne's the yeah, Gauchos, the Nachos. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious in the rivalry games you've been in, how different it is when you're finally in the middle of the game. Obviously, the hype, the run-up, the way the fans interact before the game, that's all going to be different. Fans are going to be mm-hmm. different bef- before a Utah-BYU game than before a Utah-Oregon you know, Oregon State game or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious when you get there in the second and the third quarter, and, and now you've been hitting each other for 45 minutes or an hour, does it still is it still different, or does it settle down and become football, or is there a level of trash talking that can't be replicated? What's it like? <laughs> um, I say it's a little bit mix of everything. Um, you know, the the fans on both sides, you know, take it very serious. So do the football teams, and um, you know, there is trash talking. That's this just sport of football, and um, I think the biggest thing is to not. Um, overcomplicate it and not get too emotional because then you start to miss your assignments on a uh, football level. So for me personally, you know, I just lock in. Um, it's really hyped the entire week of and going there and seeing the fans and everything. But once that ball's in the air, I kind of, you know, snap out of that emotional state and go into, you know, just a football state, understanding my assignment, what I have to do for that play 
making sure that I'm locked in and, you know, everything is just uh, functioning at a high level, especially being center because, uh, you know, and I've talked to the rest of the offensive line and uh, making sure that the entire offense is calm. So, I mean, there is trash talking on the field. That's how it always is with football. So it always be. But, I mean, um, from an emotional standpoint, a lot of guys try to, you know, just focus on the game at that point in time so they don't miss their assignments. And then afterwards is when the emotions pick back up. How fun is it from the player perspective to go into a visiting stadium? You know there's going to be 60-some thousand people and everybody's going to be excited. So just from the basic fun of having the opportunity to play the game. Oh, it's, I mean, it's a blast. You go out there. I'm sure it's going to be loud being on offense away, you know, uh, getting towards the end zones and whatnot. And they're going to start yelling and screaming. And it, it's, it's really weird. You, you, you start to t- uh, tone out a lot of things when you start getting into those situations. And, um, you know, just the uh, environment is crazy both here in Rice Eccles and down um, at their stadium. And um, it's it's like one of the most unmatched things in college football, in my opinion. I've been a part of a lot of football games, um, and the energy levels of Rice Eccles and down there, um, it's, it's really different. So are you the guy who likes to go out on the field as soon as possible? Some guys like to stay in the locker room and they don't go out until the assistant coaches want to get the group going before the game? Or do you like to go out and hear from the fans and uh, get after the uh, get after everything real quick? Uh, I like to go out early, walk around a little bit, get, get my bearings, get my legs warmed up, do a couple push-ups, stretch, and then, um, then we stretch as a team and go back into the locker room. And then I'm in the locker room until the uh, centers come out uh, with the quarterbacks and everyone. And by then, it's you know pretty much game time. Go out there, stay out there. Then the rest of the team comes to warm up. So, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of both. I kind of get out there early, tuck away for a little bit, then head back out for the rest of the day. You're coming up from the L.A. area. How long did it take you to realize BYU-Utah was a big deal? Oh, not at all. Not at all. I'm long at all. I mean, um, that that's what, you know, Coach Hart, Coach Hart, uh, Harding, Coach Witt lives on. Um, you know, we don't lose to those guys. And, you know, it's it's, it's pretty much that simple. Um, that's what he, he preaches every single year, every single week, every single day. Um, and, you know, he makes it very apparent. So from for an out-of-state kid coming in, um, you start to understand it. And then, um, you know, we have a video that plays on a loop, constant loop, constant loop of the the football game between us. And then that's throughout the entire football facility for the entire week. And then on top of that, you get there to the game, whether it's down there or up here in Rice Cycles. And then you start seeing all the fans. You start hearing all the noise and everything. And you realize, okay. Now these guys, these guys take that that very serious, and you know it's grown upon me. So it's not even these guys. So now it's like, yeah, I, me and my teammates take it very serious. So there's not really an opposing player or a play or the final score, or something that happened in the first game you played in. You're locked into the rivalry before the first snap of the first rivalry game you ever play. Hundred percent, one hundred percent. You talk about this loop video that's playing. Is that normal for other games that you have during the course of a season? Uh, 
no, 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 it's not at all. They got some like rock and roll music, and you know, it just it gets you hyped, and it's he just harps and harps, harps it in, into all of us. It's part of our DNA. So I mean, you see that video every day. You walk in, and every day you leave, and I got the music blasting, and it's it's no getting away from it. You have to understand that that is you. Nick Ford joining us. He's here every week, University of Utah offensive lineman, talking youth football. So when you watch uh, the BYU game Saturday night, which I assume you did, what did you see? Uh, I saw, you know, be- let me see how me see I can phrase this. Um, first off, I was locked into that UCLA-LSU game. That game was crazy. I backed the pack. <laughs> My boys over at UCLA handled their business. And then I flipped over to, um, you know, the, the TDS team down south, flipped over to their game for a little bit. Um, my prayers go out to uh, Keenan Ellis. You know, that was, that was a rough hit. Football is a rough game. And, you know, sometimes it's more it's more than football. I mean, I got friends down there. So, I mean, prayers go out to him. I hope he's healthy, getting better. Um, but, you know, it's it's pretty much the same thing as always. Um, you know, you don't ever disrespect a team or look over a team. They're a team that's fully capable of doing things, and we're a team that's fully capable of doing things. And, you know, looking at them, you know, it's your, your typical big guys, strong guys, all that stuff. Um, it should be a fun competition. You know, I'm not, I'm not one to talk smack, especially with the media. <laughs> but um, they, uh, you know, they're a respectable program. Uh, in all honesty, um, you know, they grind. They, their players grind. Like I said, I know some of them, so I know they have the same emotions to this game. And, you know, it should be a fun game. But, I mean, if all all is well and you handle business, you will handle business. This obviously is a road game for you. What's it like as a player when you don't kick off until 8.30 at night, whatever it might be, sometime after 8 o'clock, you got to <laughs> sit around all day? Is, is that bothersome? Would you just as soon get out on the field or you just take it in stride? Nah, it's kind of grown on me. Um, you know, it is what it is, especially Pac-12. We have later games. Um, and one thing is like, Every player in the country doesn't like it. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to wake up and then have to wait all day to do something. It's like it's like you're a little kid who got promised to go to D- Disneyland at three o'clock. Like you're gonna wake up at six and be agitated and like trying to go. Um, you know, but our coaches do a really good job of getting us to understand that. Um, you know, whatever it is. Uh, could leave the forefront of our mind. The game could leave the forefront of our mind, but it can never leave the back of our mind. And that being said, we don't, you know, sit there and stress over the game the entire day and hype over the game the entire day and be locked in the film the entire time, be locked in this, be locked in that. Because it's just going to burn you out. In all honesty, it'll burn anybody out, um, you know. But at the same time, it doesn't mean we just completely ignore it. So, you know, the the film option is there if you want to watch film. We have our study sheets if we want to study. Um, you know, people talk about the game, hang out. But uh, for the most part, our coaches do a good job of, you know, giving us time to think about football and giving us time to relax. So that way, by the time we actually get to going to the game, we still have that mental and physical energy versus being tense all day. Well, Nick, we're all looking forward to the game Saturday night. It's always a big deal and a lot of fun, and good luck to you in that game. Look forward to seeing it. Appreciate you. Yeah, it'll be fun.
There is Nick Ford from his Monday conversation, and he'll be with us again after the rivalry game Monday morning at 7.30. Samson Nakua, who you heard earlier this hour, will be here Monday at 7. And remember, coming up this morning at 8.30, we've got two tickets to see Utah and BYU play Saturday night in Provo. We'll give them away at 8.30. Coming up next, what is trending? All the headlines are next. Stay with us.